brightness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to, get, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for the program tonight. And Lord, we, we thank you especially for what it all represented and who it spoke of, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his birth, for his life on this earth. Lord, for his death on Calvary and his resurrection. And Lord, all that not only you did then, but what you're still doing in our life today. I pray that you'd use the message tonight to just draw us near to you, Lord. We love you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What a passage of scripture. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The amazing thing about the Christmas story is who Jesus was, isn't it? And that he could speak this world into existence in just a few words. And all that he was and who he was. And as a matter of fact, in the beginning of this chapter, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Think about who he was. He was the one who spoke this world into existence. He is life, and uh, he's the reason we exist. He's the reason we're here tonight. He's the reason our heart still beats and our lungs still breathe. And you think about who he was. It's an amazing thing to take time thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ. In this passage of Scripture, though, a couple things are highlighted that were also highlighted in the program tonight. Is The first thing that catches my mind is that the world refused him. The world refused him. It says in verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. That he would come into his, he'd come into this world, the light of the world, the creator of the world, and the world would just reject him. The scripture says this in, in uh, John chapter 3 and verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is that condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. There's a world that rejected him. The one who created this world, the one who spoke it into existence, the world rejected him. I think of Pilate, the secular world, as he would try to wash his hands of what he did that night. Think of Herod who desired to see the Lord, he, almost like he was some type of carnival show, he Wanted to see some of his miracles, and yet he would reject him and send him back to Pilate. Think of the soldiers who would beat him and drive nails through his hands and through his feet. Rejected by the Gentile world. Refusing him. And John tells us men love darkness because their deeds are evil. They, they love the dark rather than the light. They just didn't want to change their way of living. Isn't that what's still happening today? People rejecting Christ because they just don't want to change their way of living. I just want to live the way I've always lived. I don't want God working in my life. I don't want God changing my life. I like my habits. I like my patterns. I, I like what I'm doing with life. I just want to stay the way I am. The world rejected him then, and in many cases, many are still rejecting him today. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And yet in spite of that great expression of love and perfect sacrifice, some will still reject him. Some will recognize sin and decide to stay in it. The world rejected him, but his own rejected him as well. In verse 11 it says he came into his own, and his own received him not. His own received him not. It's amazing to me at all of those who would reject the Lord. In his birth, you think of the wise men that would show up following that star that would come over Bethlehem, and there they would bow and worship him. Following some of the prophecies of the Old Testament, the countdown. The countdown given in, in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 9, that prophecy that gave them a time frame from the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem until the Messiah would be cut off. They, they had a countdown to his coming. As a matter of fact, when the wise men showed up in Jerusalem seeking a king, and even they would say, well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, and they would send him off to Bethlehem. They had a countdown in hand. They had the prophecies in hand. Over and over again, the Old Testament spoke of who the Lord would be. And yet, when he came before them, they rejected him. They rejected him. One of the saddest things, I think, not only in his birth, those that would miss it, but in his death, certainly, that the religious world would, be, would stand out there and cry out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, and hand him off to the secular world to have him murdered. He would lay down his life for us. Something to be said when you look at who Jesus was, and yet so many people, his own who knew so much, would reject him. The world, when they saw him, rejected him. But verse 12 says, says to us this in verse 12 of this chapter, but as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. But to as many as receive him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. The world rejected him, his own rejected him, but some, some would receive him. The thief on the cross, the woman at the well, his disciples, the crowds that would see him for who he was and see his love and his actions. And in his life, they would see his miracles and his words. They would hear the words of authority coming from God in his sacrifice at Calvary. They'd see the Savior of the world, the one. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I think of the Roman soldier as, as the Lord gave up the ghost. It would say, truly, this was the Son of God. Some would receive him. I'm thankful for May of 1995 at Madera Baptist Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, when I came to know him, to receive him. Not just a knowledge in my head, but a belief in my heart. If you'd asked me who Jesus was, I could have told you up to that point who he was. I, matter of fact, I had much of the the presentation of the gospel memorized, but that night, that night, that Wednesday night, it came, became personal for me. He died for me. He rose again for me. I know he did it for me. And I received him. And the wonderful blessing, he says, is that to as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. The amazing story of Christmas is that the Son of God would leave the throne of heaven to be born in a manger, not just to be born, but to live his life without sin and to die on the cross and rise again. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To become 
the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 says these words about it. It says in Romans 8, For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye hath not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. What the hope of heaven is that heaven is his inheritance and he's made us joint heirs, hasn't he? Joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven is my home. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why is it that we can come boldly before his throne? Because we belong there. Because of what his son did for us. Some, the world would, the world would not recognize him. They didn't want to change their way of living. I think of Agrippa who would tell Paul, almost thou persuadest me. Almost. Almost thou persuadest me. The world would refuse him. The Jews would reject him. But some would receive him. The greatest question is, are you going to receive him or not? What will you do with Jesus? The most important question in life is, what will you do with Jesus? There's a great company of folks who have rejected him. There's a great company of folks who choose not to know him. But there are some. There are some who receive him. And the result of receiving him have become the children of God. Join heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven as our home and the hope of glory in front of us. And for you and I that know him to be a child of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Have the promise of his presence and he said in his word, I will never leave thee nor what? Forsake thee. Aren't you glad he came the first time and he's not left us alone, hasn't he? He's left us with his comforter, the Holy Spirit, and one day he's coming again. We sang the song this morning, Joy to the World. We'll probably sing it again sometime before, this, before Christmas season is over. And, uh, but it sings much, it's, the song says a lot about his second coming. A lot about the millennial reign. A lot about the fact not only that he just came the first time, but he's coming again the second time. What will you do with him between now and then? Eh? What will you do with him? The world knew him not. His own rejected him. But some received him. Some received him. And to as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. What will you do with Jesus? I think as we think this Christmas season, if you already know him, Rejoice that you know him. If you know him, tell someone who doesn't. It's a life-changing thing. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the program tonight. I thank you for each one of these children who have sung tonight. I thank you for those who work so hard to lead them and instruct them in the program tonight. And Lord, it has brought honor and glory to your name, what your son did for us. But I'm thankful for May of 1995 when I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or when I came to that place of deciding to put my trust in what you had, your son did for me at Calvary, to believe that your son was the son of God, that he lived his life without sin, that he died on the cross and rose again for my sin. And that day I came to know you personally. Thank you for the hope of heaven. Thank you for making us a child of God for those of us who have trusted in you. Let me ask you this, heads bowed, nice clothes where you're at. How many of you could say tonight, preacher, I know that for a fact that if I died right now, I'd be with him because I have trusted in the Lord. It's not that I just know about him from a story standpoint or a historical account, but there was a time in my life when I put my trust in him personally. 
in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and that he died for my sin on my behalf in my place. And if I died right now, I know that I'd be with him. If that's your testimony, would you just raise your hand just between you and I and the Lord? You say, Preacher, I know it. That's a settled thing for me. Thank you. You may put your hand down. Is there anybody here this evening say, Preacher, I'm unsure of that fact. No better time to come to Christ. Well, any day, but Christmas season is a good time. If you say, Preacher, I'm unsure of that. But I'd like to take care of that tonight. I promise I won't embarrass you. But if that's your testimony, say, Preacher, I'd like to know Christ this evening. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Is there anybody like that? I promise I won't embarrass you. Would you say, Preacher, I'm unsure. Let me ask you this then, Christian, those of us that are here that know the Lord and how many of you would say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart. Maybe it's just a simple reminder of what Christ has done for you through the program, through the message. But you say, hey, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart this evening. If that's you, would you raise your hand as a testimony? And stand with me and we're going to have a time of prayer. And if nothing else, give thanks tonight. Give thanks to the invitation as the pianist plays and, and God has spoken to your heart. We'll take a minute and give you that opportunity. And Maybe just a matter of Thanksgiving you want to offer up. Maybe some part of the Christmas program or the scripture read. But as God has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord tonight.